When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Triple Play Fantasy's football show with D. Mindy, Brastadamus, Doc, and Johnny Foosball starts now. Triple Play Fantasy Football Show coming at you live tonight. Welcome in to the show. Welcome into the podcast. Of course, you know, part of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mendy here, joined by Johnny Foosball, John Van Etten. John, can you tell the world about the donuts, the beers, and the miles you ran for your last place punishment you did over the weekend? It wasn't really much of a punishment, you know. Uh, you know, I've been wanting to get back into running, so so that's getting back into running eight miles. I've been uh, looking to get back into donuts, so that's getting back into donuts, eating 12 donuts. <laughs> but overall, over country. the course of a day, it was nothing. I had a salad from uh, Baba, Baba's Mediterranean up the street because I was still hungry. It was good stuff. Uh, I mean, you handled the challenge like a champ, and it sounds like if you get last place again, that won't be too much of a punishment. So we may have to switch that up a little bit there. But course also joined by an umpire a host a one-man cleanup crew it is the doc eric mendelson what's going on also the guy with a new computer yeah so we got the new setup we got the new computer i'm not lagging out of any podcast now cue me losing power yeah i think i mean people i think enjoyed not seeing your face for a little bit but i think they're happy that you're gonna be able. we're already established i'm the better looking brother okay we're gonna stop you right there I want to talk about somebody here who is below me that is replacing the Bradstradamus tonight. And he's below you, David. Come on, man. What? He's at least equal. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's replacing him. He's he's an upgrade. No, no. You said below me. He's on your screen below me. (laughs) No, no, no. You were referring to status. (laughs) Look, look what they do to me and look what they do to me. But of course, we welcome in a man whose fantasy football takes are often imitated, but never duplicated. He's a fantasy football analyst for PFF and PFF Fantasy Football. This is a man after my own heart, as he lives by the same code that I do, and that's the B- the the five Fs in friends, family, fitness, food, fantasy football. You can count them as six. I count them as five. Either way, it's the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm willing to overlook the Eric in his name because how awesome a guy he is. The man that's always down for Taco Tuesday. It is Andrew Erickson. How's it going, man? What's up? And actually, there, there are seven Fs, but... They wouldn't let me put the last F up on the website. So just to want to be clear on that. Oh, you, I think you can guess. Uh, well, I'm on friends, family, <laughs> fitness, food, fantasy, football. Friends. We already said that. Yeah, we already uh, said that. Foreplay. Uh, I feel I feel stupid. Sure. It's like, yeah, it's like that. It's like foreplay. Because I'm more explicit. Ah, 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 
Yeah, that's what I figured. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh, man. That is really the seven Fs. Oh, man. I I love it. It is the seven Fs. Oh, man. Well, I actually had never seen anybody else put that. I always put, like, I have family uh, fitness, or I have food, fitness, and fantasy football. My Nobody cares, David. Nobody cares. (laughs) So, so Andy, why don't you tell us? David's going to have one of those live, laugh, love posters. (laughs) Like... (laughs) You know He's like, like two but... seconds away. It's wine o'clock. Uh, anyway, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, man? Tell us you got started in this industry and, and you're full time at PFF, right? Yes, I am full time at PFF. I've been here for over a year now. Started back in June of 2020. Basically, I got my start in fantasy football at Gridiron Experts. I just kind of hopped on there as a content creator, basically wrote some articles on the side while I was working a real job in the real time world and that wasn't fun. So I really made it my goal and mission to try to turn this into a full-time gig. And after a couple of years of grinding away on content and networking in the industry, I was able to land a job with PFF and the rest is history. And now I spend my days just locked in this computer, looking at target shares, looking at players, BMIs and <laughs> grinding the tape. So it's, it's been a blast. Oh man, that sounds like a dream. That's awesome. And uh, you guys have serious XM uh, stuff too, right? Like, don't you handle? Am I mistaken that you handle stuff in that department as well? Yeah. So I just started. So I did serious XM last year. I did a show at seven to nine p.m. recapping all the games during the season. And this year, we're already started every Saturday and Sunday from three to five p.m. on Sirius XM. It's me and Brian Drake, who is the host of the PFF Hustle podcast and yeah we just kind of talk fantasy for two hours on sirius xm it's fun we take callers so if you're listening right now and you're bored at three to five on saturday and sunday give sirius xm fantasy sports radio a call oh man living the dream out there grinding and living the dream that's the american dream for guys like us so i uh, i respect the hustle and love everything that you're doing and we're pumped to have you on the show tonight honestly because we've got a very fun show of course we're gonna be talking about running back debates, as you can see, running back rankings debates, as you see in the title, officially debate season, as we get started and talking about a very arguable position here in the running back list. And we're going to unveil each of our RB1s, so our 1 through 12 running backs, and we're going to allow ourselves to defend our takes, obviously point out flaws in others. It's going to be a great show, so make sure you stay tuned for all of that. Of course, we'll also have our question of the week, which running back will throw the most passes this year? And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah! probably be the last time you guys see that intro because uh youtube does not like that so we are going to have we're going to have an upgraded intro most likely by next show uh, i will also still give a shout out to mike curlin for putting that together we really appreciate that so we got to talk about some news and notes before we dive into these running back rankings and we got to talk about first mr saquon barkley who's been the talk of fantasy twitter 
getting a role in that Giants offense right now from week one? That's been the question, as obviously it was reported he wouldn't come back till week three, but now he's off the pup list, and he's practicing for the first time since September 2020. So I got to ask you guys here. Let's start with you, Andrew. What do you think the chances are Saquon Barkley suits up week one and is ready to go into your fantasy lineups? The chances, I would say I'd put 50-50, but I would recommend that people don't start him week one because they're playing the Denver Broncos, who have an elite defense. And unless Barkley gets his full workload, which it doesn't seem like he's going to in the first game back, then he's going to he's going to flop. And and owners are going to feel pressure because oh, I like, took him really high with his first round pick or second round pick or wherever you get him, but you got to use your brains. And if all indications are he's not going to get a full workload, then I find it very hard to see him thriving against a really tough Denver defense with Daniel Jones under center and a really shaky offensive line. So that's why I think it's really smart to be prepared. I mean, if you draft Saquon Barkley to look at one of these Raheem Mostert's Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, one of these, washed up veteran backs that people are lower on, but could be week one starters, even like Tevin Coleman as a potential fill in because those guys could actually start and get legitimate work. So when would you feel comfortable first? I'm going to ask you this. When would you, you know what? I'll save the drafting Saquon Barkley talk for the show for the main part of the show. But I am curious if you have him on your team, when are you comfortable putting him in your lineup? What week? Week three against the Falcons because their defense sucks. So <laughs> it's because week one's Denver week two is the football team don't want to run into that off defensive line with Barkley week three Atlanta that's when I think this Giants offense will take a step forward with Barkley yeah no I mean I that was kind of how I was looking at Saquon Barkley was that he probably wasn't going to make an effect towards your lineup till a few weeks in even if he starts week one and he's just kind of gradually has workload increased but you bring in the tough defenses like you brought up as well and that, again, might affect how we draft him. So we'll get to that. Uh, I want to get to another bit of news here. And Aaron Jones injured his hamstring. De DeAndre Swift injured his groin. Apparently, it's a little more serious than people have kind of talked about here. Rashad Bateman had a soft tissue injury that they said they're kind of trying to downplay right now. But uh, I'm going to ask you first, Doc. You saw all this stuff today. Any of that type of stuff scare you from either wanting to draft these guys where they're at or uh, you know, just in general, are you kind of fading them come draft season at their cost? So, so two out of the three I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about Bateman because they were talking about this might be lingering. And if it's a sports hernia, which they were talking about in the groin area, that's something usually addressed by surgery or with rest. And DeAndre Swift has seemed to have a lot of nagging injuries. I personally have him lower in my ranks because of concussion history. But the fact that this kind of groin injury is flying under the radar makes me a little skeptic. Aaron Jones, I think every, you know, some people have injuries in training camp. Unless there's more that we don't know about, I, I'm okay drafting Aaron Jones. Like I said, the other two I'm a little bit more scared about. I was more scared with Aaron Rodgers not there than I am about this injury. So you're just a little bit scared about Aaron Jones, Eric? Uh, not too much. I'm more scared for Swift and Bateman. We still got like five weeks to the regular season, David. Like that's a long time. If somebody missed week one to week six, we'd say that was a huge injury. So unless it's a huge injury, I wouldn't be worried. Five weeks. No! Oh God. That's say it ain't so John. Five weeks is way too long. Uh, what about you, Andrew? Do you feel the same as these guys or uh, what are your thoughts about this? 
Uh, I definitely agree with the Rashad Bateman injury. I think that is a little bit concerning, especially because he's a rookie coming in and you want him to get the reps with Lamar Jackson with the stars, especially because he's been showing out of camp. So it's really disappointing to for a player that I liked a lot coming in to the league. And it's just unfortunate that he's already banged up. The whole Ravens wide receivers, it seems that they're all banged up. For Aaron Jones and DeAndre Swift, I think that it might be more of a load management thing because I think the NFL teams are starting to realize that, okay, like any tweak to any of these guys running backs, like just don't make them do work. Like there's no need for them to be taking reps with the starters or, or whatever, like understanding complex. They know the offense. Like Aaron Jones knows the offense. Like he doesn't need to be out there. Like we know he's a stud. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, Swift's probably a little bit more concerning, but I think I also kind of read in that report as well that Jamal Williams is also sitting out. And it's just like, they're just load management. Like they don't, they know that they're going to use these guys a ton during the regular season. So it's like, just give them a break. Like they don't need to get all these reps. I don't disagree. So we'll have to see how this stuff kind of plays out. But Bateman is definitely a little bit scary. Like you guys said a little bit earlier. Let's talk about some drama. And Michael Thomas is all about the drama. He's released some cryptic tweets and some strange fonts that uh, apparently are talking. Can I just say the best tweet was somebody said, it was like a guy with a thousand followers said, you know it's football season again when Michael Thomas is complaining. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. But breaking news as we were getting ready to start the show, Doc mentioned that Ian Rappaport tweeted out that he basically is hinting that he would like to be traded. So there's a lot to, to unpack more here. Hinting. And Andrew, I, when there's big boxes to unpack, I'm going to you first here. Uh, with Michael Thomas, what the heck are you doing with him as far as drafting him? You think he has more value if he goes to another team? Uh, what are you doing with this whole Michael Thomas news? Maybe he has more value to another team. I mean, before DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs like broke the mold of players being traded to new teams. We used to hate players that got traded to new teams, and it's because the players that got traded to new teams usually were getting like the players were getting rid of them. Like their teams were getting rid of them because they were bad. Whereas Diggs got traded for a good price for the Bills, and the Bills just wanted another wide receiver. And I mean, the Cardinals Texans thing was just. You know, that was just the Texans being stupid. <laughs> like DeAndre Hopkins could clearly still play. So, yeah, it's concerning. I don't think he has a lot of value on another team. Again, it dep- I mean, if he goes to the Chiefs, like, okay, like, sick. That's awesome. But if he doesn't go to the Chiefs or one of these other high-powered offenses, yeah, I don't know if his value changes. And we don't know how healthy he's going to be. Now he's going to have all new doctors and all new staff looking at his ankle that's already busted up. That could be a good thing. <laughs> it could be a good thing. But, again, injury optimism. Like, look, we have we already dealing with injuries right now. Like, why would you draft Michael Thomas knowing you're going to draft a guy who's going to potentially be an injury headache? He's going to take up a roster spot. Maybe if you have an IR spot in your league, like, I'm more okay with that. But I mean, unless Michael Thomas falls in the double digits, I'm not drafting him. Like, Andrew, do you think he's played his last snap with the Saints? I mean, I think honestly, he probably has. I, I honestly like he could just pull a thing where. He just doesn't want to play for them. It seems like we've seen this power movement from these players where they're just deciding like, no, like if you disrespect me, then I'm just not going to play for you. Like Sean Watson's doing it right now. Like he's it's not the gonna ultimate thing to withhold your services. That's the yeah. ultimate leverage move. Yep. So again, if he doesn't want to play for them, I don't see how they're going to change it. I mean, they, the team convinced him to not get surgery so he could come back and try to get breeze to the Super Bowl, And that didn't work out. And now Michael Thomas is obviously at fault. Because mm-hmm. he didn't get surgery, now he's not going to be ready for their season. So, again, like I don't even still know how much is his value now with other teams. What can the Saints get from the Saints? Might be like, no, like we're just going to hold you because we can't get face value for you. So it could get ugly. It's it already is ugly. Yeah, it's just kind of if I were to put it in a sound, it's this. 
Yeah, it's not pretty right now over in Michael Thomas camp. Well, one uh, day we'll talk- win you off that soundboard, David. No, never, never, never happen. <laughs> let's talk about some positive news. And the Bills locking up their franchise quarterback, Josh Allen, for years to come. He agreed to a six-year contract extension worth $258 million and $150 million in guarantees. Most importantly, he's getting $100 million fully guaranteed at signing, which is the highest in NFL history. John, I'm going to go to you first. Do you think the Bills are going to regret this signing as Allen ages and he's not as mobile? No, because money doesn't matter, and that contract won't be anything you know, three years down the road. it The cap is always changing. You can always move money around as evidenced by the Saints. It it just doesn't matter. Pay your people. You figure it out later. Okay. That's I respect. Uh, Doc, what about you? You have to pay him. I mean, he got you one game within the Super Bowl. I think he's going to, I mean, look, he, he improved his accuracy last year. He finally has a number one receiver. He looks probably poised for an even bigger year with Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis for an entire year. You're right. I mean, a lot of times these contracts don't age well, but you do have to pay for what somebody's done in the past. Fair enough. Andrew, I'm interested to hear your take on this. The Steelers wide receiver James Washington has asked for a trade. Uh, I don't, obviously, we don't know if they're going to accommodate the quest of Steelers. He was a 20. 20- uh, 18 second round pick and has looked decent in limited time, but obviously he's not getting a lot of snaps. He's at best the fourth wide receiver on that depth chart. I'm curious if he were to go to Houston or Indianapolis or Detroit, a team that doesn't have a, a set of super established wide receivers, would you be interested as a late round draft target for him? Probably not. I mean, <laughs> be totally honest. I mean, James Washington, like you said, he's had his moments, but I mean, he's just a guy like he's a Jag, like, oh, yeah, like all these other offenses are not great. And I know that we're we're like thirsty for like opportunity for some of these wide receivers, but I would rather just I'll just draft Tim Patrick, man. Tim Patrick balled out last year. I know he's buried on Denver's depth chart, like get him traded to Houston. Okay, now I'm excited, but I can't get pumped up for James Washington, unfortunately. No, I can respect that. It's not a sexy name by any means. And uh, he most likely at this point isn't getting traded. So. Uh, just, I, I had to throw that in there because James Washington does not get love anywhere else. So I wanted him to get some love here, but it was short. And you were ago. incorrect then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple minor bit of news here. Tavon Austin signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Matt Barkley is going to back up Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. The Cardinals signed Ito Smith. The Falcons signed Dante <laughs> Foreman, who I used to actually really like Dante Foreman. So <laughs> Judge uh, Ito. Back, you know, is, that died. is the biggest waste of a draft pick ever. <laughs> I, I forgot where that stemmed from. Uh, and then, he's just a waste of a draft pick, he's awful. Like, yeah, yeah. obviously, he's, he's way more talented than any of us will ever be combined. But for an NFL running back, he's just awful. I'm gonna get Ito Smith on the show, and then you have to apologize to him. Hey, when he when he has like a over 3.0 yards per carry game, then I'll apologize. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, and then last, RG3 has agreed to join ESPN as an on-air personality, according to Ian Rapport. Uh, He does have a clause in his contract that would allow him to return to the game if an opportunity comes up. I'm assuming all of us are on board with this and would want to watch him on our TV screens, right? Only, only if it's on Wednesday night again. That's the only time I watch RG3. <laughs> <laughs> Should be as he's running subway he can walk in his old endorsement he just eats subways new subs on air they totally revamped their menu guys no free ads that's right you gave him a free ad john what are you you're not working anymore uh but of course 
that's all the news and notes there. But if you enjoy the content that Triple Play Fantasy spits at you each week and you want to hear more of what we got, check out all the great things going on in the Triple Play Fantasy Network. We've got our baseball, our basketball podcast, of course. We also got the shows, the Super Fantasy Bros, Between the Seams with Marty and Mac, and the Tripwire. If you like the shorter content, which I know sometimes we're limited on time here, we've got Coaches Corners, Fantasy Foodies, Movie Minutes, and much more you can check out on the YouTube channel. If writing is more your style, you're a little more old school, go to tripplayfantasy.com where you get tons of great articles from our talented writers. And of course, all of the know-how is by following the account on social media at TripPlayFantasy. Remember, starting off with the wrong podcast, it's like starting the day off with a flat tire. It's going to cost you a lot of money, and it's not going to get you anywhere. Remedy that by putting <laughs> Triple Play Fantasy in your podcast rotation, and you won't regret it. All right. How can you make like a bread truck and haul buns with a flat tire, David? Well, oh. you know, that's why we wait for the truck to come at the end of the show. So that solves that. <laughs> If you're watching the live version, we're not going anywhere. But if you're on the podcast version, we got to pay our bills. And we're going to discuss running back rankings debates right after this quick break. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back. So, running back rankings debates, it's time to get ugly. It's time for people to to uh, throw throw some blows, throw some elbows, throw some jabs here. God, that was the ugliest jab ever. Oh. I mean, if I if I like do this, I'm going to knock my mic off my stand. So, it's it's modified. But... We're going to give everybody a chance to defend their rankings and attack others, which is what everybody's come to see. So let's first, I'm going to pull up Doc's rankings first here. There's a transcription error on mine, a copy paste error. I'll, I'll call it out when I see it. Okay. So we've got Doc's rankings here first. He's got CMC at one shocker, but the big thing I noticed in your rankings doc is you have Aaron Jones at four and you have Dalvin cook all the way down at seven. So I want you to tell me why you have Dalvin Cook down at seven, and then I'm going to let Andrew, who, like most people, have Dalvin Cook at two, I'm going to let him counter to your point. So go ahead and explain. Okay, so first of all, happy birthday, Dalvin Cook. It's his 26th birthday today. Now go ahead and start talking bad about him. Yeah, so with Dalvin Cook, you know he's going to miss games. He hasn't played a full 16. So I don't like taking someone with an early pick that you already know is going to miss some time. Now, best case scenario, it's two games. Worst case scenario, it's been 12, as we've seen in his four-year career. He also had 312 carries last year. That's the most he's had in any uh, year of his career. And his uh, rushing attempts have increased from 74 to 133, 250 to 312. I'm also looking, he had 17 touchdowns last year. I don't see the Vikings offense being that efficient. And this is something that I think flies under the radar is what we're seeing with players refusing to do with the vaccine. Kirk Cousins has been somebody that's been very outspoken and saying, look, I don't feel comfortable getting the vaccine. He's actually had some sponsors that have dropped from him. So let's say he does. He decides not to. He tests positive. Now there's a huge downplay at quarterback. And that's going to affect Dalvin Cook. There's going to be more uh, defenders stacked in the box. And I think they already have some talented wide receivers. Justin Jefferson, I think, is going to show 
once again, that he's probably one of the best rookies that we've seen in recent memory. Adam Thielen is a threat in the red zone. Irv Smith has been getting a lot of red zone work. With Dalvin Cook, he's going to give you some surefire RB1 games, but I just don't like taking someone with my number two pick if I already know that I'm going to have to sit him a couple games and that I have to overdraft Madison. All right, Andrew, the floor is yours. Would you like to counter? Well, I guess the first thing I'll mention is just, well, so I have Dalvin Cook number two. So obviously a big discrepancy from number seven ranking. And I get what you're saying about the injuries, but I mean, what running backs play 16 games? Like, Derek Henry. Why, that, okay, that's one. Okay, but there are 12 running. You you didn't just list Derrick Henry in front of Dalvin Cook. You yeah, listed a bunch of other running backs. No, I, I mean, got Derrick Derek Henry at two. No, I know, but you have more than Derrick Henry in front of Dalvin Cook. Like, C.K. Elliott missed a game last year. Aaron Jones missed, missed games. Kamara. Nick Chubb missed a couple games. Yeah, could, Nick, like, so I, I just don't think you could be like, oh, well, Cook missed. Well, those all the, like, all those guys missed games too, except Derrick Henry. So I don't know if it's really fair to be like, oh, well, Dalvin Cook, he's going to miss games when they all did. I mean, last year, literally, it was just Derrick Henry, Kareem Hunt, Devin so every, every, everyone <laughs> on that everyone on that list has played 16 games in a season once besides Cook. So that's what I'm saying. They've played a full 16 games. Maybe not last year, but at some point in their career, they've shown they, that they've been durable for a 16-game season. And with, with an additional 17th, that's where I just get kind of iffy on somebody that I know hasn't shown they can play all games. Doc, your argument? <laughs> I liked his, he's getting more carries as a negative. No, but yes. at some point, at some point it's reached a peak. Okay, like, so how has Derrick Henry value. not reached a peak then? He rushed for 2,000 yards last year. All, the, the best the running back has ever finished after a 2,000-yard season is RB5. Derrick Henry is an anomaly. Derrick Henry, right. Derrick Henry yeah. is one of those freaks of nature. Exactly. That's why but, that's why he's number two in a non P or in a PPR, just because of how efficient he is. Right. So right, well, I guess so I'll just make one point about that. So Dalvin Cook, I just I'm attracted to the workload. Like mm-hmm. 25 touches per game last year was number one in the NFL, more than Chris McCaffrey, even in his three games that he played when he was healthy. And I do expect the offense to continue to be efficient. You look at they upgraded the offensive line across the board. They drafted a lot of good players. So I think they're gonna continue to be an efficient line. They still have Kirk Cousins again. Look, I mean, if COVID hits them, then I'll obviously, I'm shit out of luck. That's going to hurt Dalvin Cook. But <laughs> the fact that he's he's a dual threat in the passing game, like, I mean, when was the last time Derrick Henry caught 40 passes? Probably uh, never. <laughs> probably never. Like, Dalvin yeah. Cook's done it the past two seasons despite missing games. So that's what I'm saying. Like, he does miss two games. Okay. Well, you probably didn't want him out there anyway because he, maybe he would have an off game. But when Dalvin Cook plays, like, nine times out of ten, I think he's going to outscore Derrick Henry in most games because he has involved in the passing game and he gets more touches like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has games where he just gets totally neutralized because they're not winning. Like what happens if the Titans aren't as good on offense? I mean, they lost their offensive coordinator. So I just, I mean, I would take Dalvin cook over Derrick Henry, but I want to, I want to flip the script here and going back to your rankings, Andrew, you have Saquon Barkley at five, which is not a hot take obviously by any means, but at least for our list on my list, he's not in my top 12. On Doc's list, he's not in his top 12. In uh, Johnny's list, he's number 10. And then Brad, who couldn't make the show tonight, he has him, I think, down at RB21. So he's not anywhere near his top 12. So you're a lot higher on Saquon Barkley than the rest of us. I obviously want to give you the floor to talk about why you have him at five, and then I'll let myself and John kind of give our counterpoints. 
Well, actually, can you guys start with why you don't like Saquon as a top five running back first? That's can we, fair. Can, yeah, we so, spit it, can we spit it that way? Because I guess oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to steal Eric's. He's going to miss games, and we know it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say, you say, but it's true. <laughs> so I'll throw in a couple things in here. Number one, he did just come off the pup list, which is obviously a big deal. But one thing that I do take from things is we I, I had Stefania Bell on one of our shows uh, a few weeks back. And she was saying even at that time, she said, look, if he's activated, she said, notice that they have not been showing his right leg as much as his left leg. Because she said they're not the same size and that's going to have an impact on him to start the year because he's obviously hasn't been doing as much with his other leg. And so she said, you know, you can think things look great, but if that's the case and he's going in like that, there could be a problem. And she was a little bit more skeptical about it. Now, when it comes to injuries, that's at least who I'm probably trusting more often than not, because she's one of the best out there when she was had concerns. Uh, I know Matthew Barry says the same thing. He says, you know, when she has injury concerns about a player, he stays away normally. So I, I kind of am seeing with her analysis and how she broke it down to me. I'm kind of echoing those same sentiments. You also mentioned week one and week two of tough matchups where he's probably also not going to get a full workload. So at best case, you're probably getting him week three, but that's also assuming he doesn't miss any more games after that. So you're getting two games of probably not a full workload and a bat against bad defenses, let alone if he's going to sit out any point later in the season with a 17 game season. I just don't think the upside is there for a top five running back. I definitely think, uh, I'm going to bump him up a little bit. I think I have him as like RB14. I'll probably bump him up closer to like RB12, RB11, but I'm not, I can't take him as high as five. Does anyone else want to chime in? I'm, well, I'm surprised, oh, nobody, I'm surprised a, nobody mentioned the offensive line. I mean, that's, I think that's like a year for Daniel like, Jones. I, I, I They're just going to let him throw the ball. They're not going to run it. They're just going to see if Daniel Jones can throw the ball at all. I will say Jason Garrett, I know, likes to run it in close, but I mean, yeah, like the, the O line being really bad, I think that's kind of self explanatory. Uh, but I, I was know. also going to say, this is the same leg that he had a high right ankle sprain in last year. So the fact that he's had multiple serious injuries to the same leg in a three year career, um, that that's why I have him have a, a little bit lower for reasons they didn't mention our guy, JL. Um, John, is there anything you want to say? I, I didn't know Andrew's chomping at the bit to counter here. <laughs> no, it's just, like I said, it's, it's Daniel Jones's year this year in New York. I do like Daniel Jones as a, late round option like those those the rushing juice that he offers on the ground he just he just got to stay on his feet and not trip before he gets in the end it's zone. a time share between daniel jones and saquon barkley <laughs> <laughs> they're um, gonna trade for wayne gallman again yeah so wayne gallman was the rb10 overall when he was a starter last year behind it's good transition. same crap offensive line that saquon bark is gonna be running behind because he got volume because he scored touchdowns so that's one of the things i think I think that Barkley's still going to receive the full workload when he is deemed healthy enough to take the full workload. And I know you mentioned like the first two matchups. Yeah, I get that. And that's why he probably should be, shouldn't be drafted necessarily top five. I think he can still finish as a top five running back. But for me, I, I'm chasing the the talent. Like that's what I want with Saquon Barkley because I think that he's going to get the workload once he's finally healthy and good to go. Or once the Giants allow him to get the work because what are they going to do? Like, I mean, Joe Judge is in his second year. Dave Gettleman could get fired. Like they need to win games and they're going to probably start 0 and 2. So I feel like they're <laughs> going to feature their best player. Kenny Galladay's already freaking hurt. So I think they're going to feature him. And look, 2018, he was the RB1 overall behind a equally as bad offensive line and an equally as bad offense. So it's in his range of outcomes. And I get the ACL injury is worrisome, but 
The last time a talented running back like Saquon Barkley tore his ACL and came back from it, he rushed for 2,000 yards, and his name was Adrian Peterson. So, yeah. that's. I I think they're in the same tier of running back from a talent standpoint. So Let let me counter with this, too, because we're obviously talking about PPR formats as the standard here. And have you looked with his stats with Daniel Jones compared to his stats with Eli Manning? And one thing that really stands out is he has 48 catches in 12 games with Daniel Jones, and he had 105 catches in 20 games with Eli Manning. That's 7.6%. Danny Dimes doesn't check down, baby. (laughs) So I'm curious. I mean, that's that's worrisome. It doesn't look like that he at the same type of pass catching upside with Daniel Jones that he had with Eli Manning in the beginning of his career. And for PPR, that's a big deal. So does that worry you at all? Yeah, I would say so. But I mean, that's why I didn't rank a number one. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I've done a lot of research on mobile quarterbacks and how they don't tend to check the ball down. But at the same time, if he is the clear, like defined workhorse in the backfield, it doesn't necessarily matter as much. Again, if he's split, if he's splitting time with any other running back, then yeah, like his chance of finishing top five running back is not going to happen. But the way that they signed him or they restructured his, or they extended him. So I just think they're going to give him the full workload. And again, if I'm wrong, then that's the reason why he won't finish his top five running back. I don't think it's going to be because he's not an effective running back anymore. It's just because they're limiting his touches, which obviously you guys are concerned about. So I understand why you have him ranked where you do. Yeah. And I mean, again, nobody's wrong right now. Everybody, as long as you have, (laughs) as long as you can back it up with, it sounds like a good reason why, like no one can say you're wrong because nothing's happened yet. So it's going to be one of the best things to see how that he's one of the players I'm most interested to see how it plays out because he's been one of the spiciest players talked about in fantasy Twitter. Everybody gets, uh, I think when they see him pop up, you're either really off on him at his price or you're really on him on his price. So um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about him. I'm sure more this off season. Let's bring up another player that I want to talk about here. And Johnny, I want to pull up. Let's talk about your list. There's a, there's a copy paste error. All right. Well, why don't what you, I said, from what I said over to okay, you. Okay. So why don't there you, should be, there should be a little Zeke right there in between seven and eight. So he should be eight underneath okay. Eckler. So move everybody down one. Gotcha. Saquon gotcha. out of the top 10 all of a sudden. Okay. Wow. David <laughs> Montgomery no longer an RB one. Okay, but let's talk about Josh Jacobs. You have as an RB. Oh gosh. So yes, sir. You're a Raiders fan. That's you don't hide that. Uh, yeah. Besides the fact that you believe in him as a Raiders fan, why should we think he's still an RB one at this point? He was RB eight last year, so it's not like I moved him up. He's actually dropped down a little bit. But I'm not that worried about Drake stealing too many carries. Devonta Booker was already coming in every third drive to take the carries. So it's not like it's going to, if even if it's, you know, one out of every, you know, two and a half or something, they're not going to be splitting at 50, 50 Kenyon Drake's admitted that Josh Jacobs is the number one back. So I don't, I'm not worried about that much being stolen. Like everybody else is. Um, I think I've said it before. It'll be a less is more situation where he gets more efficient with less carries because he doesn't have, all the the damage to his body, the damage to his legs, and especially in the red zone where the Raiders in particular were terrible last year despite being the 10th highest scoring team. If they improve a little bit, he gets a ton of that, uh, a ton of that work, and that is touchdowns. That's how you get the most points. I'm not as worried about the offensive line either. Leatherwood may not have been 
the smart pick by everybody, but he's a good run blocker. And that's what the offensive line was really struggling with last year was run blocking. So you could say the run blocking's improved. He's going to be more efficient. And that'll carry on from game one to game 17 now because he won't be piling up 30 carry games. He'll be more efficient with those carries, even if he only gets, you know, 20. And I, I am curious to see also when they get in close who gets a lot more of the goal line work. Are they going to go a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, where if you actually look at it, it was almost like a 50-50 split when they get down with inside the five? Or is there going to be one they prefer over the other? I think that's going to be a huge deal for them because uh, Josh Jacobs is obviously, he's not a pass catcher, so he's going to have to get his points off of touchdowns and volume. Uh, so I think that will be huge if, if he's the guy when they get in close, they give it to, or again, are they going to split it up? But, John, we'll have to make a bet off there because I bet Kenyon Drake outscores Josh Jacobs. Okay, that's an easy one. You could have, you uh, could have actually made like a good bet that like he would be we'll, RB one or something. We'll talk, we'll talk about it off air. Okay. Yeah, wanna, we'll talk. Okay. We'll talk about it off air. I want to get to. We can talk about it on here. It's the running back show, Eric. <laughs> I want to get to a few more guys in the top twelve here, and going through our list, I have him at number seven. Also, John has him at number seven. Apparently, seven. Number eight. eight. Number eight. Doc has him at three, which also coincides with Andrew. And yes. Brad has him at four. There we go. And there we go, Andrew. We agree on something, baby. Hey, yeah. I'm not necessarily trying to argue because I could see him finishing his RB3. I think I would more like Andrew for you to explain for the people that, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people are like, hey, there's no reason you should have Zeke over Saquon. I, I saw that a lot this offseason. They're like, you're crazy if, if, if Zeke is that, is that high in your rankings. Uh, but he's starting to creep up now. And so I'm curious if you could tell the people why he's higher than I feel like most people started him off in the offseason. Yeah, I was really low on Zeke during the start of the offseason. I think I had him as like RB9 or something like that because of how bad he was last year. But then as I looked more into his situation, basically he was just, everything was kind of worked against him. Like the, the deck was stacked against him last year. The offensive line got hurt. Dak got hurt. And all of those problems are no longer issues anymore. Like Dak is back. The offensive line is healthy. And when those things were in place last season, he was a top three running back in terms of fantasy points per game. Last year, he also led the NFL in goal line carries. And he scored like five times, which is not going to be sustainable year over year. Like he's going to just naturally score more touchdowns. I mean, we're all excited about this Dallas Cowboys offense. Freaking CeeDee Lamb's going to be a first round pick in like two more weeks. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like we're all in on the Cowboys offense. So why wouldn't you want to be on the running back for the Dallas Cowboys offense? Who's going to get the majority of touches but, when this team is in the red zone, which is going to be a lot because we're excited. I am, about on the, I am on the Cowboys running back. I'm on Pollard. He says that's a, so like, <laughs> that, again, and then people, again, some people think that Tony Paul, like Tony Pollard, maybe he is more talented than Zeke probably is, but the Dallas Cowboys don't see it that way. Like they have a they starting running Zeke. back. They pay yeah. Zeke. They no, pay I, Zeke. I, people have been saying it's Pollard season since he was a rookie, and it hasn't quite <laughs> quite come the, yet. The thing is, last year, Zeke had eight touchdowns, and that's the lowest he's had in his five-year yeah. career. So, like, if that's his floor, eight touchdowns, that's pretty good. He almost had 1,000 yards missing a game and averaging four yards per carry behind that bad offensive line and Ben DiNucci at quarterback. So. He was also a top five running yeah. back when Dak went down. He he was horrible after, but he was top five while he was still there. He's only also missed one. And I know Doc's going to love this one. Missed one game. There you go. One game. One game. It was basically when they were over. out of it. It was basically <laughs> when they were out of it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's going to become a Doc stat. I love it. 
Um, it's true. There's... Best best ability is durability. Okay. Well, availability. Let's talk about another is... player on this list here, and of course, you know, I had to bring this guy up. We go on my list. I have him as RB ten. Doc's list. He actually matched me at RB ten. Johnny's list. He doesn't sniff. And Bradsliff, he's also not sniffing in there. He's also not sniffing on your list, Andrew. And that's Mr. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Now, I'm a Chiefs fan, but I'm I'm not blind. So uh, I do have a lot of analysis and uh, information to back up why he should be a top 10 running back in PPR. And it's year. all Instagram videos of him training that David has watched. Okay. So like, I would look like, at him in the ladder. I would like to at first just let you, why do you not think he's an RB1 this year? And then I'll give my counter to that. Is this, this question for me? Yeah, man. You're, <laughs> I'm not trusting these two with their analysis. So. so so it's interesting because I don't necessarily see myself like down on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I understand his potential for and his upside as a potential top 10 running back. Again, he ran really cold in the, at the goal line last year. You're going to assume, again, kind of a similar situation to Zeke where he's getting all the goal line carries. Like, he should convert on some of those touchdowns more than he did last year. I mean, he was he ran ice cold at the goal line last year. I think he only converted, like, two of his 10 goal line carries, and then they started splitting work with, like, Le'Veon Bell and Daryl Williams at the goal line. So, yeah, I could definitely see him expanding, and I definitely think he's a post-hype sleeper after we had him as, like, a top-five running back, or a lot of people did as a top-five running back last year, and he just didn't meet expectations. But... Before he got hurt last year, the first six weeks, he was second in rushing yards behind only Derrick Henry, who's averaging over 20 touches per game. So I, I, I identify all that stuff, but it's just a matter of him delivering on it and continuing to produce with those types of that type of workload. And I, and I just like the other running backs, but I just have, I feel safer about projecting other players. Like, is he going to be like a touch monster in this offense? Are they going to throw him the ball more? I think that they will, but. I'm more confident saying that Antonio Gibson, I think they'll throw the ball more. I mean, Antonio Gibson played wide receiver in college, like Najee Harris. The guy was on pace for 29 touches in a freaking preseason game. Like Mike Tomlin's track record of feeding running backs. Like that's why I like Najee Harris more than Edward Slayer. Cause I'm just chasing the volume. Like I know Najee Harris is going to get more touches per game, or at least I think that he will than Edward Slayer. And that usually means he'll score more fantasy points. So that's usually, that's the only reason why he's down at 14. I mean, look, if he's available, like in the third round or like second round, like I have no problem drafting him. Mm-hmm. Like I have no problem taking him there, but he falls at 14 just because I do like some of the other running backs a little bit more. Well, that's David. I think the chiefs offense is a little too gimmicky to trust him on the goal <laughs> uh, line. They're liable to do too. some sort of jet sweep to Tyreek Hill or some tight end screen to Kelsey rather than just running the ball like adults. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm used to hearing this every week, so I'm going to just ignore that. Uh, so it did, it helps knowing cause you only, when you sent me him, you gave me your top 13. So obviously him being the next one up, it does mm. make it seem like it's, it's a little more mute when I'm arguing about it. But so like, RB 14, isn't bad to have him there. I have him at RB 10. I, I might even bump up a little bit when I was looking into his profile a little bit, like you said, uh, some stuff that you had touched on. Uh, he was actually also a, a top 10 running back before he went down in week 11 too. So, uh, but like looking at it, is his first seat? First of all, you have to look. His rookie year was in a COVID-filled season where, it, as a rookie, incredibly difficult to adjust to the NFL already, but then you have that. You also have Andy Reid, who has probably got arguably the most difficult playbook to learn, and you don't have an off-season program to be able to really learn that. So I think you have to factor that in first. And then you talked about how bad the offensive line was for the Chiefs, and according to ESPN Analytics Index, the Chiefs had a 67% O-line run-blocking win rate, which is the 31st in the NFL. Obviously, it was a patchwork offensive line that people saw in the Super Bowl. 
So people obviously have that memory in their mind, but you, in 2021, you added Orlando Brown, one of the best left tackles in the game, guard Joe Tooney, who's arguably the best guard in the game. You have Kyle Long, who they took out of- uh, Who's washed, Ironman. David. I, I love how you always point to him like he's a good addition. <laughs> I, I, he's definitely better than what they had, I will tell he's, you that. He's following the Richie Incognito track record. Take, take some time <laughs> yeah. off, come back and be a monster. Right. <laughs> then they have they drafted Creed Humphrey center in the second round. They also have Austin Blythe, who was the starting center for the Rams last year. And you have guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who's been a pro bowler who sat out last year because he was helping with COVID. And then you also have their rookie in 2020 that didn't play, Lucas Niang at tackle. Uh, both opted out. So a lot of great offensive line depth there. And then you look more into your site, PFF, who gave him a rushing grade of 76.8, which was number 18 among 47 qualified running backs. And he had 0.19 missed tackles forced per attempt, which was tied for 14th in the league. And he had zero fumbles and 217 touches. Now, if you don't, David, fumble, all these numbers are outside the top 10 you just gave. <laughs> you, you said he was number 18. All right, well, hold on. Wait, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. So you talked about the goal line work, and he only converted two out of 10 attempts from inside the five last year. But if you look at the rest of running backs combined on that team, it was one out of six. So it wasn't a CEH problem. It was a offensive line problem. They were not opening up holes for anybody to score from in close. And then you have Andy Reid's history with running backs and CEH finishes the RB 21 last year. And Andy Reid's 22 years of coaching, a starting running back has failed to be at least an RB two in PPR storing only twice. So uh, that top 24 floor is already there from CEH. So you would expect he would go up from RB 21. Obviously I have him going a lot higher going to the top 10 this year. And if you look at his carries before Le'Veon Bell got there, he was getting 17.8 carries a game, five and a half targets, and 110 yards per game the first six weeks of the season. Those numbers basically chopped in half once Le'Veon Bell got there. And as far as touches are concerned, before Le'Veon Bell got there, he had the most touches in the league outside of Joe Mixon, Zeke, and Derrick Henry. So the first six weeks of the year, he trailed only three running backs. So ultimately... Without going more, I think there's going to be a lot of positive regression there. I think this is still the most explosive offense in the NFL. I still think that they're going to, when they get in close, they're going to want to punch this ball in if they can. As you said, no, they won't, David. Had, They're going to do a screen. Well, they have a better offensive line to do the push. So I think CEH, this is the year he delivers. I think, again, you're going to be sad if, if you like. I hope that he's there for me, Eric, um, at the end of the second, beginning of the third round. Eric, this guy's never played a 16-game season in his career. Does that ring any alarm bells for you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go into as much. You know, David and I both have an RB10, but you generally want people that are on more explosive offenses. That's more scoring opportunities. All right, well, let's talk We'll talk about one more guy real quick. Uh, Andrew, your list of 12, I know people didn't see. You have Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Zeke, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler. Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson. You have Joe Mixon at 10. I think Joe Mixon is, he's been also. Maybe this is the year we point. find out. This he's is the year. This polar. is the year. Yeah, I, I want you to give me a little thing about Joe Mixon, about why he's a top 10 running back this year. I mean, he's on, again, it's the same as Najee Harris. It's just the guy's going to see 300 plus touches in an offense that I am really excited about. Again, I know the beat reports aren't glowing about the Bengals and they have a tough stretch of games to open the season, but 
okay, if, if Burrow's struggling early on, like what's he going to do? Check the ball down to Joe Mixon. Like that's what he's going to do. He's going to feed Joe Mixon in the passing game, which is what we saw last year without Giovanni Bernard. I expect that role to, to expand. I mean, he was basically, I think he was like fourth in touches per game. He was averaging well north of 20. I know you just mentioned like Joe Mixon the first six weeks. He was one of the guys that had more touches than Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year. So again, I'm looking at the potential volume because that's what you get from these RB1 finishers, finishers like McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. Part of the reason why they're so good beyond being efficient is that they just get so much volume in their respective offenses. Joe Mixon looks like a volume monster this season, especially if Joe Burrow is kind of taking some time to get back into the groove. I think this offense can be really explosive. Call it Dallas Cowboys North, hopefully. <laughs> Minus D- Dak getting hurt. So again, I think that Joe Mixon just has a lot of potential and I'm not necessarily so torn out about him last year when they should have just put him on IR and it pissed off fantasy managers because they had to keep him on their roster all year long when they could have just dropped him because he ended up never playing just because the Bengals are stupid and they just didn't be like, yeah, just put him on IR. Like fantasy managers can stop hating on Joe Mixon because he's hurt. Just like move on. We couldn't do that. So yeah, I, that's why I like Joe Mixon. The issue with Joe Mixon, it's not even about him being hurt or not. He had one game of 36 points, but then the other games he had was 5.1, 8.6, 6.5, and then he had one other game in double digits when he was playing. So he was doing all that volume to get five points. He's carrying mm-hmm. it 20 times to get 50 yards. Hey, that, that, man, he, he didn't get the soft schedule yet. He didn't get the, the Derrick Henry, <laughs> David Montgomery, Jonathan Taylor second ah, half soft schedule. <laughs> there we go. That's a good point. I think regardless, some of these guys we're talking about, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Joe Mixon, a few of these guys, this is the year. If you don't put up, we're going to shut well, up and not talk about you anymore. David, right? I think Clyde gets to at least three years before people. I don't, if he doesn't perform this year, I mean, barring injury, if he doesn't perform this year, I mean, he's not, he's going to be, I mean, the Chiefs might look to draft a replacement if he doesn't produce anywhere near what's expected. Of yeah, him. that window's closing already. I mean, <laughs> running back, the average career for an NFL player is like three point something years, like round four years. Clyde, I mean, th- I'll bet you that if he doesn't perform well, they're going to bring in some more competition next year. Right now, their backups are Daryl Williams and uh, Elijah McGuire and Jarek Ooh, McKinnon. That's a name. So, I mean, they're not Jared, really... I heard Jared McKinnon's legs have finally woken up from last year. <laughs> oh, Watch <man>. out. <laughs> Gotta stash that Jarek McKinnon. Uh, but, oh, my God. All right. Well, great talk on running backs. We're going to get to the next part of the show, and that's going to be the question of the week. Oh, yeah. Andrew, ever watch Price is Right? Uh, well, I DVR it every night, so, yeah. Awesome. Nice. There you go. I, I knew you were prices right. You, you were never sick from school or something and, and nothing's on TV, but prices, right? <laughs> no, nah, I never got sick. <laughs> build, up, build up strong immunity, herd yeah. immunity. <laughs> <laughs> Our question of the week is sponsored by monkey knife fight. Triple play fantasy is an official affiliate to monkey knife fight. The fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code triple play and get up to $50 of your deposit matched when you become a new user and you use that code. Our question this week, which running back will throw the most amount of passes this year? So this one's a little tricky one, uh, the thinker. So Doc looks like he's heavily thinking over there. Why don't you kick us off? Which running back's throwing the most passes this year? 
John, does Lynn Bowden Jr. count as a running back or a wide receiver? <laughs> He's an offensive weapon. <laughs> oh man. If you count if you count say. Lynn Bowden Jr. as a running back, then him. If not Nick Chubb, and here's my reasoning. Last year, Jarvis Landry threw the ball four times, which is the most for a wide receiver. And Odell Beckham threw it once. So Cleveland likes to see other people throw the ball besides Baker Mayfield. I wouldn't be surprised if they did like a flea flicker or some like fancy reverse and Nick Chubb throws it. Eric, you take you take um like you take sweeps, jet sweeps and stuff and ends around into Robert Woods's credit. Do you are you giving Jarvis Landry a bump because he could throw a touchdown? I wish I wish hey, the question ahead. would be uh which wide receiver do you think runs the ball the most or something? Because that would have been the Robert Woods debate. So Andrew, to give you a little backstory, Robert Woods had a rushing touchdown week two. And I told John, I was like, this is where his value comes in. They use him for jet sweeps. And he said, I bet you he doesn't have another touchdown this year. And like five weeks later, I was playing John and he but got then, a but then he didn't get one after that. <laughs> I was 10 bucks richer. So uh, uh what about you, Andrew? You got one in mind? Oh uh, wait, so uh Lamar Jackson, does he count as running back? Oh, <laughs> there we go. There, all the Ravens fans. <laughs> now, I mean, I was going to say uh, Lynn Bowden, too. Um, I guess, like, if I had to, I don't know, maybe it's maybe one of the Patriots running backs because Belichick always used I to, like, use, use dumb stuff down near the goal line, like James White or Damien Harris on, like, a reverse. I know, like, Jacoby Myers threw a touchdown last year, so, but of the convert quarterback running backs, I think that. Lynn Bowden is the only one I could think of. So that's what I would have said. John, are you going with your trusty Lynn Bowden as well? No, I'm, I have a joke answer and a real answer. Kenyon Drake's going to do it if only so I lose the bet. He's going to throw a <laughs> touchdown in the last game of the season. Yes. So I lose the bet. Yes. But um, <laughs> outside of that, I mean, Christian McCaffrey, I don't know if he can throw the ball, but like he sort of does it all down there. Sam Darnold's not a good quarterback. Maybe give him a try. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, good reasoning. I like it. Uh, who was the one that threw the jump pass a few years ago? I'm like blanking on it. Ladanian Tomlinson, like 12 years ago. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was one more recent. That didn't Derrick oh, Henry. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry yeah, did Derek in the playoff Henry game. Did. Yeah. So there That's you go. A good guess. Yeah. Yeah. Derrick Henry do another jump. Everybody's going to just stack and then he'll just lob it over. They, yeah. They have him in the wildcat, like when they're in the five. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, there we go. That one was just last minute spur top of the dome. So good answers all around. Let's go to the last segment of the night. And that's going to be our game of the week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're going to have to take that out, too. David, you're just going all in on the copyrights now, baby. Oh, yeah, I love the copyrights. I love them. We get along very well. I can't wait till you go to jail. (laughs) (laughs) So I have Brad was hosting the game this week. He sent it to me before the show started. So I'm going to read you his game. So how this is going to work is it's over under Twitter followers. So Twitter follower game is a long staple of, of the triple play fantasy franchise here. But we he did tweak it a little bit. I'm going to give you the number and you have to guess over or under on their Twitter followers, all right? 
So as, as John always says, keep track of your score. I'm not your mom. And uh, he's got five of them. So whoever gets the best out of five wins. All right. Dope. All right. Let's do it. Number one, Christian McCaffrey over or under 500,000 followers. Andrew. Over. John. I'm going over as well. It seems really low. Doc. Under. I don't think he's an active tweeter. Doc, it gets on the board. The first point, he has 282.7K followers. Wow. And the game. And the game. Could wow. he be less marketable for being the best running back? <laughs> yeah, he's like literally the best player in fantasy football. He's, he has like, I, I, I feel like he's wild. an Instagram guy. That's wild. All right, next one. Alvin Kamara, 700,000 followers over under. And we'll go John first. I'm, I'm going to go over. He's an interesting guy. Doc? Over. Andrew? Over. You are all wrong. The correct answer is 410.3K. Wow. Yeah, they're not doing well right now. <laughs> I like I kind of like that Brad didn't choose a number that's even close to their followers. I hate like <laughs> like if it was like five hundred thousand for somebody to say over under four ninety nine, like that's not fair that I was only off by a thousand. I like that there there's a huge gap. Yeah, that's why it's Brad. You know Brad's yeah. gonna make it interesting. Uh all right, number three, Saquon Barkley, one point one million followers over or under doc. Over. Andrew, I'm afraid to say under, but because <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say over. I'm just gonna keep pounding yeah. the overs. <laughs> you you can't right. change this. It's like trying to change. Like after you lost a couple rounds of roulette, you can't change. You gotta wait, stay so, over. Wait, so Doc, you said over or under? We all said over. You all said over. You are all incorrect. It is under. <laughs> oh my god! It is four hundred and fifty-six point one. Need to reverse course. Wow. <laughs> you can't though. You can't. He's oh my gosh. Guys. All right, Eric's got one through three rounds, and Andrew and John both got zero. And the game, baby, and the right, game. We got two left. Zeke Elliott, nine hundred thousand followers, going to Andrew. All right, I'm confident this one. Dallas loves him. Twitter followers, I'm going over. John, got to eat over. Doc, yeah, I'm go. I'm going over as well. You are all correct. Nice job. <laughs> yes. Two point one. Million followers. Finally, he's on the board. Doc has a one point lead. Doc, if you get this one and you hold him off, you win the game. 50 50 shot. Now, he said Falcon Cook, but I think I'm pretty sure he meant Dalvin Cook. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm going to see on Twitter who Falcon Cook is. <laughs> so, Dalvin evil Cook, twin brother. Dalvin Cook, 750,000 over or under John. Um, Wait, should I go wait. first? <laughs> Yeah, Since we're just going to pick whatever he no, does. Eric should go last so we can't just like copy him or go after him or something. I'll oh, no, go he under. Saying, he was saying so that way he can't copy you guys to make sure he wins. Eric would never do that. <laughs> I, have the, I have the answer I'm going to say. The gamesmanship. All right, go ahead, Doc. What do you have? Uh, under. All right. So John. over. All right, you, you're going over, Andrew? Yeah. John? I think I said under. The correct answer is 115.9K. Doc and John got that one. Doc squeaks out the one-point win. Oh, I'm on a streak. Baby. I don't know. I, streak. I looked up somebody named Todd Falcon Cook, and they're at 53 followers. So I, I don't <laughs> trust that number. Well, Doc, you get your, uh, your one-person cheer. That you are yes. the, the one person that comes to watch you win when it never happens, I guess, occasionally. Hey, this is three in a row, so let's just keep it grinding, baby. Let's keep it running. All right, well, 
on that note, I do want to give the full crowd cheer for Andrew coming on the show tonight. Absolute blast having you, my man, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I love talking running back debates. A lot of times the fantasy community gets way too agreeable on certain things and you don't really get to like, speak freely. And it's like really annoying to like try to make an argument through Twitter threads. And we just like, it's just easier to like talk about it in the conversation. Like let's debate about a player and like not, and let's be civil. Like we don't need to like hate each other because we disagree on a freaking player. No, like, who cares? If you're a Joe Manson guy, no. <laughs> if you have Dalvin Cook in your top five, that's crazy. Oh man, but Zeke, we still got Zeke talk. Yeah, yeah, we go. yeah, we're good. We we're Zeke. good. We'll, we'll be talking about Barkley and uh, Dalvin Cook through this season. That's going to be great. Well, Andrew, I want to give you a chance. Please plug all the great stuff that you're doing to our audience right now, where they can find you on Twitter and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. It's basically my handle everywhere on Instagram, TikTok, pretty much everywhere. And all my articles, content can be found at pff.com. Make sure you go check it out. We have a flash sale going on right now, so you can save 25% off. I think that the promo code actually expired, but if you try to put it into your browser, I'm pretty sure it might work. So flash 25, if you want to get in, get in now. I would recommend you go try that. Worst case is you get turned away, but you know what? You, at least you tried. Uh, but again, super pumped having you on here. It was a great show. Next week, we're going to be releasing our rankings for wide receivers and having debates with Mr. Swagman himself, uh, Sam Wagman, he's going to be joining the show. It's going to be a fun show with him on there. But until then, everyone be safe out there. Go draft the best ball. and Especially this weekend at the Expo. That's right. Yeah, this weekend we'll be at the Fantasy Football Expo. Andrew, you I'll going? be there too. I'll hey, there, too. there we go. Oh, gonna, yeah, there we go. Drink a beer and cheers, uh, Dalvin Cook. Not missing any <laughs> games this year, so it's going to be good. Uh, but until next week, everybody, again, well, we're going to make like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. So we'll catch David, you David, bring up when our kicker show is. <laughs> what's our kicker show yeah when are we doing a kicker ranking show fade fade young hoku <laughs> fade him